Hey, you are now listening to the Graceway Podcast. Let's talk. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk. My name is Jeff Adams, and I'm here to talk with Pastor Tim Dunn. And uh, boy, kind of the highlight of my week, Pastor Tim. <laughs> it's great to listen to you expound the Word of God and uh, then to come back and kind of work that. Yeah, and uh, I, I love the podcast because this is stuff that you and I would do anyway. Well, that's right. That's uh, right. We, we've had a lot of talks <laughs> like this. And so it's kind of fun to invite people in on that. And yeah. today you were talking about Noah and the flood. Yeah. And just before we started, I was commenting to you that uh, how much I admire that. It's it's much easier to take a verse or a passage and do a word study and dig down into the weeds, which it, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But there are times when we need to just step back and mm-hmm. say, we're going to talk about the flood and this guy <laughs> Noah and uh, what's really important. Yeah. Because as I told you, I came to faith in the late 60s. Right. And uh, the church was in the throes of modernism at that time. Mm-hmm. And we were obsessed with proving the scientific validity of the Bible, which mm-hmm. actually needs no help in that. Right. Uh, right. Right. But we were so obsessed with that. And the issues were, was the flood universal? Was it worldwide? Was it, was it regional? Mm-hmm. And uh, just exactly what were the dimensions of the ark? And how did he get those dinosaurs in there? All these questions, yeah. they're not really the point. Right. Talk to me a little bit about how you approach a passage like this from a macro standpoint. How do you determine what's really important and what's not? Yeah, it's interesting. It's it is way easier to go small to large than large to small. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I um, I mean, as as you know, I'm I'm reading an enormous amount. I'm uh, I'm trying to pray through, talk through, read through, listen through patterns. Yeah. Really, is what I'm looking for. And you know, it's interesting. Whenever there there is almost a musical. Uh, is the way that I would say it, um, a musical element to the to the scripture, or maybe like a paintbrush. Like once you get onto the pattern, it tip. There's a there's a rhythm to it, and so I'm always looking, and that's a very you know artsy fartsy kind of way to just say I'm looking for patterns that I can follow all the way through, and then once I find patterns, I'm looking for cohesiveness between those and whether or not yeah but that's really that's really good uh artsy fartsy or not uh you know you gave some examples of that today you know this is god pushing a reset button yeah but it's something that you see through scripture yes he did it in in lot's day he did it with the entire nation of israel 40 years in the wilderness yeah (laughs) yeah and you can just see that go through and and down to our lives yes and in fact, you concluded today talking about how failure is what ought to lead us to faith that yeah. God's not done with us. That's yes, right. that's right. And it gives us that fresh start. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So here's a question for you. And, and I'm just trying to put my place, my, myself in the place of someone who has listened to you sure. and they're like, wow, this is cool. So they walk into the office on Monday and my pastor preached this message on Noah and the Ark. It was just so good. And so somebody in the office says, ah, you know, you know, some God that kills everybody at once. I can't, I can't believe in a God like that. Pastor said a little bit, how do you, how do you respond to attitudes like that? What's the best thing to say? Well, I think, I think the, I think the first thing to say is agreement mm-hmm. that, that I would, I would have a difficult time believing in that kind of God as well. It's just that I don't think that that's the God of the Bible. So I, mm-hmm. I think if you just start with no, you know, that's not a good, because then it sounds like you're defending genocide. Um, so I, I think I think what you're trying to do, what I was trying to do today, 
is admit this is a hard, mm-hmm. this is a hard patch. I actually, um, I watched um, Darren um, as an Aronofsky or Air whatever. He's he's a he's a director, and in 2014 he did um, a the movie Noah with mm. Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. And I had watched it before. I watched it again this week, and he, you know, evangelicals lost their minds that he wasn't that the atheist wasn't true to scripture, you know, which is a really odd thing. Hmm. But uh, I thought he did a really masterful job um, unpacking how Noah would have had to grapple through and what Noah would have had to believe. And it's a horrible story. There's no getting around it. Right. Um, I think the question is who made it horrible. Hmm. (laughs) And, and I think, I think, you know, whenever, a couple of years ago, I had a, a cancerous thing on my ankle, and um, and it never crossed my mind that it was cruel to me, of me to get that cut out. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when God looks at His creation that He made, that He said that was good, that He loves, and He says there's there's a cancer in this that I need to deal with. Um, it's painful for us because it's us. Yeah. In fact, that. Um uh, goes against or goes exactly with what you were saying a little bit later. What can we learn from this? Yeah. And one of the lessons that you shared with us, we, we learned that sin is worse than we think. Yeah. yeah. What, are, what are the lessons? Because you, you made the point of saying this happens worldwide as yeah. in a flood, it ha- whether that's regional or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. geographical, but it, it happens in societies, it happens in churches, it happens in our own life. What lessons can we learn in the United States of America in the <laughs> middle of a pandemic? and all the stuff that we see happening, what, what would you say? Talk to us about that. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of times when you're reading theologians, they are, they are taking the, day, the generations and the days of Noah in the last days, right? You see a lot of guys kind of lay those beside each other, and, and you see a lot of references to us getting to a spot where, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I honest, to be honest with you, I don't know, be, because uh, I think that we we have worked so hard to whitewash sin. Mm-hmm. We don't really know actually how terrible it is. I think it's the reason. I think if we knew what sin was, the flood would be less offensive to us. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a good thought. Yeah, and so I think the fact that it, me, a you know, a pastor, a Bible believer, like I have to admit, I still find the idea a bit offensive. Um, it's hard to swallow. And I, and the only way that I can make peace with that is just to say, I don't really understand how broken my brokenness is and what it actually does. And it's really interesting, you know, in the days of Noah, you saw man taking the idea of taking dominion and subduing and making it, making it in their image. And I mean, that's a very, man, not to get, that's a very American idea. Yeah. You know, um, that's a very American idea that we take what is ours. We pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We build something that, um, you know, that, that I built, that I, I get fame or notoriety or affluence or influence or any of that. I mean, we have all of these phrases that are that are pretty scary, I think, when you... They're pretty Tower of Babelish. Very Tower of Babelish. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, even not to get too off here, but now we're talking about creating these digital worlds, mm-hmm. digital realities. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't, I don't want to be a traditionalist and I don't want to be the boy who cried wolf, but the sentiments are all there. 
You know, speaking of patterns, it's a pattern that I've noticed in your teaching and that I admire and I totally agree with. And we were talking about what to say to somebody in the office who complains that God was cruel and yeah. destroying everybody. Uh, and the way that you came back to that, you said, well, first of all, agree. Yeah. And then second, admit that it is hard. Yeah. And then third, point them back to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And, and I see that in you a lot. Uh, and, and you did that this morning. You weren't trying to say that uh, this view is wrong and this mm -hmm. view is right because you said, you know, there are like millions of articles that you can Google <laughs> right. up if you right. want to learn about the flood yeah. because there's that many different opinions. Yeah. And you just simply said, hey, some people believe this, some people believe that. I tend to think this, yeah. but there are a lot of unanswered questions. Now, how does this point to Jesus? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's the only, it's honestly the only way that I can make sense of it. Um, and I, uh, you know, if I'm going to be a bit um, personal, maybe even vulnerable here. You know, I, I, I came to faith in a great church, taught me the Bible, taught me a deep love for God's Word. Um, and I, But I came to a spot where I realized that I had a lot of information and a lot of different frames and a lot of different ways to view the Bible, but my heart was not warm toward Jesus. And I didn't, if I'm completely honest, I didn't see that the Bible made him necessary outside of saving me. Hmm. Um, mm. and it sent me on a journey of looking at different frames through that lens. Okay. Obviously Jesus is a big deal, but does the Bible really make him central? Yeah. And if it does, why and how, and what does it mean for me? And what is it supposed to accomplish? And, uh, that was probably 12, 13, 14 years ago. And it revolutionized the Bible for me yeah. um, in a way that now it's the only way the Bible makes sense to me. I'm grateful for covenant theology and dispensational theology and all those kind of things. And I don't exactly know what the Bible is about Jesus and look for Jesus, what that makes me mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, in, in seminary. Um, but just the, the, the pursuit to look for Jesus in every place that I can find him yeah. has been has been re pretty revolutionary for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I love that. And you and I have talked many times. We've been on a similar journey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was part of the teaching in the church sure. that you grew up in yeah, for a sure. while. Yeah. And uh, things that we were learning that were exciting and yeah. important. And then you begin to go down a path a while. It's like, wait a minute, I think there's more here. Agreed. Yeah. And, and it's not to poo-poo no. all of those ideas and all of those traditions and teaching, but I just got to the point where it was tired of, is this uh, Reformed theology, Covenant theology, is it Replacement theology, is it Dispensationalist theology? Yeah. Yeah. And you realize, whoa, whoa, stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where do we find Jesus in all this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you said something this morning that I, I made a note, and you uh, you put emphasis on this, but I want you to talk about it just a moment. Uh, you were talking about Noah. You talked first of all about the flood. You went to Noah, and you said the thing to remember about Noah, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord, but grace came first. before righteousness. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Open that up a little bit. Well, I just, I, you know, I, for me, a, a question on a lot of these stories is why this dude? You know, like why, why'd you pick Noah? Why not Frank or Steve or Susie or say, you know? And, and I think because God says Noah was righteous, mm -hmm. our actual theology betrays us because our actual theology is righteousness equals favor, not the other way around. And so we read that in and, and God does not say that. 
He, yeah. he doesn't say Noah was the best, so I picked him. Uh, but we assume that God means that, right? And, but that creates a trajectory of theology all the way through that you're going to have to twist up God's word to make fit. Because God says to David, hey, man, you were the youngest. Like, I picked you. I wanted you. You weren't, you weren't a stud. You weren't, right? Period. He says, yeah. <laughs> uh, he says to Abraham. Yeah. He says to Israel. Um, over and, you know, Paul says about himself, like, yeah, I got all these degrees and all this kind of thing, but I'm also a murderer and I got this thing with my eye. Like, there's, there's this constant reference in the Bible of, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. But especially as Americans, we're like, look at them and be like them so that God will give to us what he gave to them. That's the, that's the math on the thing. And so when I started reading down through it, I did a bunch of work on what did it mean for God to give Noah favor? You know, mm -hmm. what did it actually mean? And again and again and again, it was, it was clear that it was two ideas. And so I got, I have two ideas up on the board and I start, you know, I kind of, in my mind, start doing this, right? Like, Okay, so if, if God did pick him because he was righteous, then what does that mean past this story? Mm -hmm. What does it mean for me? And that's that gets bad very, very quick. Yeah. And so I just came to the, in my mind, the realization, yeah, maybe Noah was better than his neighbor. But God, God chose him. God chose to show grace to him, which of course takes us down a whole other path. Um, but God showed him grace. Why him? I have no idea. Why me? I have no idea. Why you? I have no, no idea. idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we can yeah. say, well, did God choose you? And, hey, hey, hey. I don't know, man. I'm just glad he chose me. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying don't hear more than I'm saying. And, and I think that Noah had to have felt that way. Um, that movie, again, I mean, I would encourage people to watch it, not for their theology, but just to round out the emotion of the thing. Right. Um, watching Noah grapple with we are the problem and I'm on this boat. And that is a, that's a holy question. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. why, why do, why do I get grace? Why do I get this blessing? Why do, why do I get to be God's son? Why do I get to, why do I get to be the pastor of the church? I've always loved and wanted to be a part of. Why do I get to be, you know what? Like all of these things that warm our heart to the gospel and produce fruit of the spirit in us that, um, that the idea that I earned this betrays all. Hearing you grapple with that question that, that I asked to begin with, go down this pathway, reminds me of what you have done each Sunday so far in this series. You've had a little biblical mantra that you begin with. Right, right. And uh, what you're doing is establishing some very key hermeneutical or Bible yeah. study principles. Yeah. And uh, you, you said, for example, uh, that... Uh, we should not read our Bible so that God will be happy with us, yeah. but because He is. Yeah. And then you said today, you added something that you not said yet. When we go down that pathway, reading the Bible so that God will be happy with us, yeah. it changes the way that we, we view the Bible, yeah. and it takes us down a path that does not end well. Yeah, and that's... Talk about that a little Noah's bit. Noah's a great example of that, of if my actual theology is I have to do the right thing to get the right result, I'll see that everywhere. Mm. Um, if, if legalism is the lens through which, if earning is the lens through which, um, I'll see it everywhere. If grace is the lens through with which, I'll see it everywhere. And what I'm trying to, to teach our church is 
Jesus, the gospel, grace, mercy is the lens. Look for it and teach us to see it all of the places that it is. Because I think there's lots of stories that we brought our presumption to. Yeah. And we see, we make the wrong guy the hero. We miss the good news. Uh, our hearts are not warmed in gratitude to the gospel and God's sovereignty and plan. We turn it into an intellectual pursuit or like a, whew, I thank God I, I did the right thing. And I don't know about this guy, but, you know, like we, we draw these bizarre lines. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I think that I'm trying to, in every way that I can, shoehorn people out of that perspective and into mm. look for Jesus, look for grace, look for, you know, God's redemption, look for it's the point of the story. You see it from jump, right? Yeah, and the other thing that you said in, in your little biblical mantra was that we, we need to understand that the, the figures in the Bible are real people yeah. in real time facing real circumstances. Right. And that's what I'm hearing you say when you talk about the value of watching a movie like Noah. Yeah, You're, you're not looking to get a seminary education. You're no. looking to wrap your head around the fact that these were real people. Yes. Now, this is the guy that directed the movie. This is his idea yeah. of what Noah, but but yet it's it's reminding us yes. that these are real people. They had real emotions. Yeah. And, and I think you made a statement toward the end this morning where you said we have this uh, tendency to romanticize biblical figures mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and forget that they had the same warts and the same flaws that we do. They were broken like we are. And, and then we demonize people who can't live up to the standard of our romantic fantasy. Yeah, I, um, if I were honest and I said, how was Noah's experience on the ark? You know, I would have probably said, Good. And I would have shrugged my shoulders. It was not. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that it was. No. Um, and I think we lose sight of that when we, when we, when we make these people plastic. Yeah. Um, that this was a man who, of course, he got off the ark and got drunk. You know, everyone he had ever met um, was dead. Um, everyone not directly related to him gone. Yeah. And he's grappling with, I built the boat. I did what God Why me, said. Not Why them? me, yeah. not them. Did I do it right? Did I hear from God? Um, I mean, it, it would have been awful. Now, obviously, should he have went and got drunk? No. Was there consequences? Yes. Yep. Unfortunately, there was. But I get it. And, um, and I think that sometimes in our sanitizing of some of these stories, we lose the goodness of these stories, right? The the texture of these stories is is the idea one that God told us the whole story. Yeah. And it was still good. It was yeah. still fine. God still used him. It's not like and then I killed Noah. Yeah. You know, it's none of, none of that. Uh, reminds us that God has always been dealing with real but broken people. Yeah. Been offering grace to and that when I feel like I'm overwhelmed, I have big questions I don't have answers to. Um, Number one, they aren't as, as big as Noah's. <laughs> God still had a plan for Noah. God still, like, you can see God's sovereignty and God's grace in these things in a way that comforts my heart more than where do you put the brontosaurus? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. you realize that Jesus came into this world, although he was not broken. Right. But he came in and uh, hung out with guys in the neighborhood drinking. That's right. <laughs> 
That's exactly. He right. was he was criticized for that, yeah, yeah. whereas he was not uh, like John the Baptist, you know, eating yeah. locusts in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think we lose sight of that and realize it, it. It speaks to me that if I'm not spending some of my time yeah. in contact with people who are less than desirable, yeah. who are a little messy, sure. uh, then I'm not doing my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think. I just think be careful of your world getting so sanitized that you don't need a savior. Yeah. And um, and uh, which is the picture sometimes you get in a few churches when you go in. You get the idea that if I'm not perfect, I don't belong here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm all for. I'm. I mean, anybody who works here knows I'm all for good aesthetics and everything being clean and you know the landscaping and all, all of those kind of things. But I do. You know, we talked about this with John in First John. I do really want people to feel the humanity of the Bible, yeah, um, because I think I think that's near to the heart of God, and uh, and I think when these people become ideas and concepts and symbols, we lose something very important. Um, we create distance from these stories and the, this news and these truths that we desperately need, especially in times like COVID and pandemics and loss of loved ones and. And I'm hearing you talk, and it's not that you're encouraging people to go out and fail or to go out and sin. That's not the point. No, we no. don't have to plan that because it happens naturally enough. Right, that's right. But uh, talk to us a little bit about how we find faith and failure. Yeah, man. Well, because I think... Because we are all broken. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does, again, go back to some of those mundane practices. I would always I would always say to people, do you have a way... Do you have a way to regularly allow God to speak to you? Mm -hmm. Because I, I already know what God's going to say. Yeah. Uh, the question isn't whether or not you're, the question isn't whether or not God's going to speak, it's whether or not you're putting yourself in a position to listen. Mm -hmm. Do you have people in your life who will point you to that? And people in your life who continue to see redemption where you can't see it. You know, people who believe, um, who believe God's not done with you, who can see your gifts, who can who can see past the season that you're in, that you can borrow their perspective for a while. Um, so I think it's some of these rhythms of hearing from God, talking to God. It's the same thing our entire church is built on, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I want you to know and enjoy God. I want you to find friends. I want you to remember your purpose. I want you to be outward focused. Yeah. Um, it, it is those things that allow us to continue to operate in faith even when I fell down because someone helps me stand back up because the promises of God are true because I don't have time to you know get too inwardly focused because I know what I'm called to and so I have this drive to get back to making that difference all all of those um, gravitational pulls are are helpful and in the absence of any one of them it does damage I think Okay, we're kind of coming to the end of our time today, but I do have one more question I'd like you to respond to and do yeah. a little pastoring here. We have all seen powerful religious leaders fail, yeah. uh, openly splattered all over the pavement. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, there are consequences to that, sometimes legally, sometimes socially, mm -hmm. uh, all the time personally. Yeah. How do we respond as equally broken people uh, to failed leaders. What can we do to, to encourage them or to accept them? It's, it's not like, okay, let's forget like anything ever happened. Of course not, yeah. How do we, how do we deal with that? Well, I, I think the first thing before any of these events is let's stop. 
let's stop making celebrities and heroes out of people that aren't named Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we are a celebrity obsessed culture and that, that infects and affects the church as well. Um, you know, and so if I go into a church of any size and the pastor has gifting, I, we have this propensity to assume things about him that are not true. Right. Um, and so, you know, back in the day when I, when I, if I came to KCBT, like you were just a guy, mm. a guy with a wife and with kids and with faith, sometimes strong, sometimes not. Yeah. Marriage was sometimes good, sometimes not. Connection with kids, sometimes good, sometimes not. You know, uh, and yet you have this calling and you're in this gifting and this stewardship to mm -hmm. stand up and to the very best of your ability, mirror and speak God's plans and purposes in time and place for a certain group of people. And if you don't do that, <clears throat> you're, you are being disobedient to what God put you on the planet for. Um, but, but there are times that you stood up. There are times that I stand up that I, I feel ill prepared. I feel unqualified. I feel I haven't heard. I'm, I'm just trying to do the best I can, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so sometimes when we, when we elevate people because of their role in the church or society, the reason the fall is so precipitous and damaging is because we've put them up so high. I think it puts pressure on, on people in leadership as well. I know that not that long ago, you had a close friend of yours who took his own life tragically. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I could see how that affected you mm -hmm. and, and, and the tragedy that I don't know the particulars, don't need to, but I, I wonder sometimes if, if we put so much pressure on people in positions of leadership that there's times when people just say, I can't bear that anymore. Well, and, and it's also, you know, I, I, I want to continue to harp on this because underlying all of the celebrity thing is still that earning yeah earning for value mentality yeah. that well you earn so you you're yeah. there so you must be you're whatever. so much closer to god than me that's why you're there that's why you're there yeah, yeah. and there is an anti anti-gospel anti-grace um thing built into it that then when somebody falls i don't have the grace to give them in their falling Exactly. And and you just watch, you know, and, and please, God, like protect me, you, you know, our pastors from these things. Because there is not a pastor on this staff who is incapable of falling in any type of terrible way. Like every single one of us is susceptible. Um, and it is only by the grace of God and, and, and the prayers of, you know, the saints and all of those kind of things. However, when a leader falls, we, we have to own the fact that they had a, they had a distance to fall that we put them in yeah. and that we put them there because we thought they earned something and therefore were more valuable. And that when they hit the ground, if you put them there on earning, it's very difficult to flip out of the earning script and then give the grace card. Right. So let's so let's let's operate, let's view the Bible as God intends, right? Yeah. Let's care for one another in grace, which does not allow us to elevate because only by the grace of God you're where you are and I'm where I am and sure might not be true tomorrow. 
<laughs> I, I've been with people, I'm sure you have, who have fallen in yeah. leadership for whatever reason. It could be finances, it could be sex, it could be yeah. addictions or, or whatever. Yeah, normally money, sex, or power. That's one, the, one yeah, of those things, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh, sometimes the question that has been asked me, well, how long before I can be restored? How long before? <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not the question. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a wrong question. It's still an earning question. It, it, exactly. Yeah. It, it shows that the lesson has not been learned. Yeah. And it's not to say that God couldn't use this person in ministry again someday, but that's that's not even the question. Yeah, it's the wrong question. A exactly. Yeah, how yeah. do I surrender to God yeah. where I am right now? That's right. And how can God redeem what is in me? That's right. And take that that failure and make it a fresh start. And that's I think that what you're bringing up, and I've, I've been in rooms with that, you know, same kind of same kind of question. That's what I mean. Our ecosystem is jacked up. Yeah. That. <clears throat> You fell that far earning. I put you there earning. When you hit the ground, I don't have grace, and you ask earning questions. Yeah. You know, like, oh. and, and you were worse than this guy, so you're going to have to stay out of ministry for <laughs> three more right. years. Yeah, that, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Where and am I on a scale of one to ten? That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and obviously, sin has consequences. And obviously, uh, if you have... The more influence you have, the broader the consequence. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so this is not this is not uh, to to say that it is though to say, the Church of Jesus has to get better at seeing this, seeing Jesus in the Scripture, seeing grace in the Scripture, seeing one another through Jesus and the grace, yeah. see success and failure through the lens of Jesus and grace, and um, and and you know in in some ways. You know, our, our our system is the same as the world's yeah. right now. We use different words for it, but it's as earnings and values based Absolutely. as the world's is, and we got to figure out a way to to get into a different currency. You know, the Bitcoin version of theology. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's a great phrase to to wrap this up yeah, with sure. today. We want to avoid Bitcoin <laughs> yeah, philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just invented something. We, that would be yeah. a podcast yeah. that here yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty soon. Yeah. But, uh, Pastor Tim, I, I can hardly wait for the next installment. And uh, for those of you that are watching us and listening to us today, uh, as always, I urge you go back. If you didn't have a chance to listen to the message uh, on Noah and the flood, do that because it's, uh, it's, it's got some great information. And what we're doing from week after week, maybe you just kind of stumbled onto this podcast. Maybe somebody sent you a link. Maybe this is your first contact uh, with Graceway or with one of us. And if it is, welcome. We're glad that you're here. But just remember, we're talking about what we as a church are going through in discovery mode week for week and just trying to have a time afterwards to reflect on what we've learned because it's not just sitting in a, in a church service and listening to a sermon that makes the difference. It's our reflection on that and it's our response to that. And that's really, as I understand it, Pastor Tim, what we're trying to accomplish Absolutely. here. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us and uh, we'll look to see you here a week from today. Thanks for tuning into the Graceway Experience. Hope we can talk again sometime.